Welcome to Reactive. Uh, my name is Henning, and I'm here with Khalil today. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Going good so far. So Excellent. good. Everything good. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. We're appro- good. We're approaching episode 100, I think, aren't we? I don't, I'm not sure. We're not there yet. Um, I don't eventually. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I guess we're always approaching something, right? <laughs> All right. Never mind. <laughs> Raquel, I guess, is uh, is moving. So she's, um, yeah, she's, she's getting closer to San to Francisco, her. I heard. Yeah, I yeah. saw. She said. Wow. Mm-hmm. Moving days today. That's, my goodness. I mean, how can you even move? Like, everybody's moving away, I thought. Or is trying to move yeah, away. Yeah, and she's going back. <laughs> mm-hmm. So She's going back. Interesting. Yeah. We'll I've got to ask her all about that next time. Precisely. Yep. I heard that, I heard that the, you know, the U-Haul rental mm-hmm. thingy? Yeah. Um, they have, like, it's, people have trouble moving away from LA and from, from California right now because... U-Haul is so expensive if you want to move out. So there were some prices where from <clears throat> if you want to move from Las Vegas to Los Angeles, it costs like a hundred bucks. <laughs> and if you want to, and if you want to move the other way, it costs two thousand. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and then there was some other stuff like some of the rates are just like. 100 bucks versus 500 bucks or something and then uh, and then from austin to san francisco or san diego is a thousand bucks because obviously it's it's, you know quite a ways away Mm -hmm. but if you want to move with the u-haul from uh san diego to um austin it's like four thousand yeah so probably because when the truck doesn't come back they they you know, have problems getting vehicles back in. So I, there, there's a business business yeah, idea right there. Tr- mm-hmm. Truck returner. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Or just. But also, I'm sure that they're they're happy to um, to add that marker. Oh yeah, yeah. They don't have any problems finding uh, people renting U-Hauls out of uh, California. Apparently, no, I guess not. Crazy. <clears throat> Funny, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess she had a had a longish commute or something, and. It's better to be closer oh, yeah, to the must office. Have been, must have been soul crushing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I know it's all relative, right? I mean, you know, there's your commute, and then I just, <laughs> I just found out that uh, a guy at my work, I didn't even know, he he still lives like over almost two hours away. Well, it's an hour and a half if the traffic is not is like not bad. I'm like, what? <laughs> and that's driving wow. in a car, though. And that's uh, like, oh my god! I couldn't god. do that. that. I wouldn't be able to. That would be soul crushing for me. That is insane. And, that's like you wasting would, your life. It's like, oh my gosh! And I would, I would be literally falling asleep on the wheel. Yeah, exactly. And at night, yeah. Like I could, I wouldn't. Like that happens to me if I'm too tired. You're spending three hours a day in the vehicle. Yeah, that's insane. That's fifteen Not a podcasting hours of, time. Of uh, I mean, podcast time though. <laughs> yeah, he, he's probably. He can get some. He, yeah, <laughs> every podcast is out there. He can listen to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, jeez. He can work through it in a few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> a few weeks, uh, and you got all of reactive done. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'll be. I'll be very curious to hear what um, she has to say about that move. Moving is so much fun. So mm. we'll see. What have you been up to? <laughs> uh yeah mostly mostly work 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 um Mm -hmm. adjusting in the new job and stuff 
How's that and, going? And um, other than that, a little bit of uh, music um, and and family. That's that's basically it. Um, working in the flat. Yeah, but so far, like, um, <clears throat> yeah, um, it's interesting to be working on a real on a product versus what I've been working on before was more like a like a framework or like a like a basic a tech stack for for people to to write apps within that company that that I worked at and um like I said the the it felt like the uh the the, the thing has run is run it run its course and it was not that important anymore and it was and yeah and it it feels And it feels much different to work on something that is currently just be, that's been used by millions of people all the time. And you just work on features, you work on bug fixes, and it's getting pushed out. And what I like about uh, the team there and and the rules that are in place right now there is that you have mandatory um, technical debt kind of. Um, time every sprint so a sprint is two weeks we get two and a half days a week i think to work only on technical debt which means that we can refactor slowly refactor some of all that uh, you know all that uh, crappy code that's in there that is And cool so is that assigned yeah. or do you pick something like how does that work um <clears throat> we have we have like a there's like a huge list of stuff okay, so a backlog, yeah. like okay. a backlog mm -hmm. yeah and then you then the team decides what they want to be working on um nice every sprint basically and then we do like so far in order to get us on board we were doing mob programming which is something that i haven't done before which is interesting uh, have you heard about that no please explain <laughs> <laughs> sounds good that sounds fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so it's uh it's basically uh like pair pro programming but just with more people right so uh -huh. it's a whole mob of people that sit there and like <laughs> and and then the, you have uh you assign roles though which is that's the that's the interesting part about it so there's like you have a programming problem and then there's one guy who's one person who is who's typing And but that person who types, the person who types is just typing. Like they don't add anything. They don't like. They don't have any opinions on the code or oh, anything so like that. Strictly a typist, like no, St no brain. Just no, a typist, just, uh -huh. like yeah, exactly, no brain, just typing. <laughs> Then there's one that is driving, uh -huh. and that person is the one that is currently the one in the group that basically said, "Hey, I know how to do this. I have an idea. Let's do it like this." They get to say what needs to be typed. Right, mm -hmm. and then there is at least one more role, which is the researcher, where there's one other person that is sit that's that's sitting at uh, their computer and just if something comes up where people are not sure or something needs to be looked up, they do that. And I think I don't know if there's a, if if there's a, a fourth role, but th the driver obviously can be. Uh, anybody so that can change at all times like right. somebody is driving the the code and is basically saying what done and then and then maybe you're moving on to a different problem or a different part of the problem and somebody else feels like they know exactly what to do now and then you'll move over to that person to drive and and also the typist role can change at any time but whenever the typist feels like oh getting bored um, <laughs> well yes that too but also if they feel like i know what to do now like i know best 
what to do yeah, now, then yeah. they can say, I want to do, I want to drive now. And then mm-hmm. they have to give away the keyboard. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. So, and, uh, so uh, when you say give away the keyboard, this is a kind of silly, but does, does that then happen on the same computer or someone else's computer? I'm just thinking about like well, people's setups could be so different that they're like, literally can't do any typing. <laughs> No, well, in, in our case, we all have laptops, and then there's we just go to a meeting room, and then there's a big screen, and, and uh-huh. then we just and every people who just ta- just people just take over. Gotcha. Um, and obviously, we start a go to meeting. Right, right. Yeah. No, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, something that we we sort it's of a did a variant tiring of that. too, but it's good. Yeah, it is tiring. Um, I can imagine because it's pretty intense, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's 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 kind of cool though too because um there is there's there's some some roles that are more chill in that kind of setup in the mob problem so it's not mm-hmm. constant it's not with pair pair programming uh might be a little bit more um tiring than mob pro- programming so yeah I don't know. What, it's it's always so late for me, so I totally lose the ability to talk clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is. Yeah. You gotta yeah. Gotta get that podcasting in anyway. Um, so so that was cool because it gave us an introduction. So for us, the I mean the 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 people who just started gave us a little bit of an introduction into the code by the people who have been working on it for a while mm-hmm. and gave us the 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 possibility to 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 drive as well and and uh, learn some stuff while doing it right. and what we're doing there was basically moving some code uh, moving a, a part of the application to uh, react code with redux and um, and um, uh, to, to my to my surprise and also um, to my delight they're using uh, epics or redux observable for um, side effects oh it was really cool so nice yeah so i'm happy about that and um and yeah so that was that was cool and um and then we've been working on so uh, so i've been working on a little tool uh internal tool for the company in order to provision test accounts because when we do manual testing we need to create test accounts that we can use to test the different uh you know, test uh, account configurations and stuff like that. And uh, there was a tool already in place um, that basically talks to the API there that 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 provisions the accounts, but it was a little ugly. And um, that was kind of a little onboarding exercise to create a little, uh, a nice interface and, um, and a better user experience um, for creating those test accounts. And that was cool because I got to uh, write a little uh, node uh, microservice, which was fun. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so I used I used uh, this little package called Micro. Um, it's from the guys from Zite. <laughs> yeah. And it's super, it's just so useful because all you need is really, you just install micro and then you add a NPM script and all that does, and that's just like the start script in NPM scripts. You just, uh, just basically assign the value micro to that start script and then it will, um, and then it will just whenever you do npm start it will just start that microservice and and all you need to do is to write a functional a, a handler function that will receive that request that you send in in order to talk to that microservice and in that function you do whatever you want to do in order to get the data that you mm-hmm. want to 
respond with or whatever and then you respond with that and that's all you don't have to think about and you have, don't have to write the server or anything like that it's just it just works and um, and then there's another package called micro dash dev that that allows you to while you work on the microservice it it just um, console logs out a, a bunch of stuff that is uh, that is helpful while developing it and it pretty prints like JSON data and stuff like that. So in the console, um, which is cool if you want to debug some stuff. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, and that was it. Was also the like a cool experience and the first time for me to really, to really, um, you know, look at Postman uh, and all the um, at a REST API documentation yeah. Yeah. and to talk to the REST API <laughs> and figure out all the curl requests I need to make in order to, to just I just wanted to figure out how do I provision this, uh, those accounts and <clears throat> there was a, a bunch of curl requests I needed to make like some needs to be done in sequence some could have uh, could be done in uh, parallel and so um First, I, I had to figure all that out, like which ones do I really need, da, 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 and had to look at some other test provisioning uh, uh, code in Java that, that 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 did that and some documentation. So I really had to wade through some stuff in order to get that all kind of set up so I could, could even start writing the, the microservice. And so that was an interesting experience to me because I, <clears throat> believe it or not, I think I have never really talked to a real REST service before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like like weird APIs or, you know. Right. So, so that was... So, that was so your microservice was a thing that talked to the REST API to, to perform certain provisioning actions or was, was that... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so, so, basically just, so basically you just want to say, hey, um, this is my username. Um and that's it and you just want to get a f and and maybe you want to configure the account a little bit and say i need 500 seeds or something and then and then it will just go and give you the whole like password it will give you the uh, it will have everything kind of like it will have a lot of diff it will just do a lot of default actions like put a cer certain attributes on the user that you would need while testing or the the attributes that you mostly need while testing so you don't have to go through a whole rigmarole when you log into the account you don't have to do any like onboarding mm -hmm. shit and stuff like that right, right. so it's, everything is already done and you have all the um you have all the the, uh, the permissions that you need in order to do what you need to do so nice uh so it's it's really practical. Like if we have to do a lot of manual testing, uh, which we have to do sometimes in uh, certain when certain releases are uh, are um, uh, need to be done, and um, when when we have to do that, then in that those cases, this is really useful. If we, I mean, we still it's a it's right now it's an MVP. I don't think it's really going to be. Um, it does it doesn't do quite enough yet. But it's we have a good start. We have a nice interface, and in, in general, it's easy now to just uh, provision, provision these accounts via the REST API and this microservice, which is basically a middleware. Um, and um, and what was also cool, I just used uh, the latest version of Node, of course, and that allowed <laughs> me to to use uh, async await for mm -hmm. all that stuff for all the requests, and uh, it really makes for much nicer code. It's really cool. Yeah, I can imagine. That's cool. That's really neat. Yeah, we had uh, like yeah. the when you mentioned, you know, the mob programming thing. We did sort of a like I said a variant on that in that we finished our um, sort of our proof of concept or our prototype of um, of our new platform basically, mm -hmm. and um, 
of course, on demo day, we still had a whole bunch of things to do. And so, you know, down to like a few minutes beforehand. <laughs> and it was really fun because we had, we had one guy remote and there was three guys, um, so basically three developers in the office, uh, all sort of huddled around the table and we all had our laptops. And we did something very similar where we were just, you know, troubleshooting an issue and working at on the same thing, like from different angles, not necessarily like on the same code or the same file but still the same problem but all you know sitting close together and and just you know working through the problem under mm-hmm. you know big pressure <laughs> it was actually it was very it was a lot of fun that was really awesome so it was like cool. two hours straight of insanity but it was it was great and the, <laughs> <laughs> the demo came out really really good um people were impressed and um, yeah, it, it went it went remarkably well. Um, pulled it off very nicely, and now we have basically this this proof of concept system. Um, it's sort of three components. We basically proved out two of them, and now we are going into the planning phase and going to start pretty soon here on the actual uh, platform itself. And so there's like broken up into two backend systems. Um, one of them we call the data pipeline. It's basically the thing that gets all the stuff from one place and puts it in all the places that it needs to go. And there's some new challenges there that because, you know, we now have to build this thing so it can scale. And so it's, um, you know, real timey and it, um, it has failover and things like that. So one of the sort of the interesting, interesting challenges is basically we're going to be sort of streaming deltas out of our uh, product information system, probably into some sort of uh, message queue. And then we have this data pipeline that picks up these um, changes and then basically has to sort of stream them into a staging um, area for at least, well, three systems, basically. So we have to basically version the images the product data, which is part of the, the cache for the products, and then search. So all of those three things have to have the same data set because they're going to go into the next like release of the site, right? So throughout mm-hmm. the day, you know, the data team makes changes to to the site or to to products essentially. Maybe some images change, maybe some text or descriptions change, or prices or discounts or stuff like that. So right, this comes out continuously as they publish changes. And then we have to basically build build the next version of the site because we can't just send that stuff, um, you know, to to each system individually because it might arrive at different times. And then you might, you know, if you, if you're publishing or you have a discount that goes live, you know, if if it gets to the product cache before it gets to like the search. Um, and depending on how we we pull data out of each one of those, the things might not match. So when you when you display something on the page, you know, let's say it's a hundred dollars and then you add it to the cart and it might be like 120 because the page pulled from a data source that already has the discount applied, but the other one didn't. So now you have a bit of a, <laughs> an embarrassing moment. Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically there's these, these challenges where we're going to essentially start building out uh, a staged version of the next, you know, release of the site, if you can call it that. Basically just mm-hmm. the data though, right? So it's basically the images, the product yeah. cache and the search. And then we have to sort of hot swap it. And then or before we hot swap it, we have to basically make a copy of what we just created because it's gonna become the starting point for the next set of stream or the next stream of, you know, changes. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we basically 
swap to the newest version, uh, throw the old one away after some kind of cool down period, and then basically throughout the day go through these cycles <clears throat> on multiple sites all in parallel. Um, so this, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting next few, whatever it's going to be. <laughs> um, but wow, yeah. it sounds really uh, complicated, but really cool and very yeah. Um, yeah. awesome and modern kind of uh, architecture that you're... Yeah, it's totally. And the, the cool part about it is, is like we will basically be able to, you know, there, there's essentially like there's one set of products, right? But they get sold on different sites, for example. And one site might sell, you know, uh, a very large number of them across all kinds of manufacturers. And then some sites might be specialized and they only sell like a specific brand, right? So one site might have like only, you know, a few hundred, maybe a few thousand products and other sites could have tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of products. Mm -hmm. And so you make these changes, you know, from all, from basically one place, which is the product information system where you basically manage everything. And then it just streams out into the ERP system. So pricing changes go into there. And then as all the other stuff I just mentioned, um, oh, and then yeah, Google feeds of course have to come out and have to be up to date as well. So all of this is like continuously streaming out in wow. small increments. And, uh, and so what does that mean, uh, streaming in this case? Well, when, what I mean by that is, is like, let's say, you know, the work day starts, right? And the data team comes in and they have, they have a certain list to work through of changes that have been requested by whomever, the merchandising people or something like, hey, you need to change the text on product XYZ or I want the, the, the main image for product ABC to be a different one or I want a whole new set of images for this or, or even like for, you know, um, what we call a product line, which is basically a, a sort of a, <clears throat> a product, but that can have a ton of variations. So there could be basically hundreds of very, very similar products. They just might, you know, be made for different measurements to go on different kinds of vehicles. So then basically one change would essentially change, you may potentially a hundred or hundreds of products. So when we then publish a change, even let's say it's a text change, the description, you know, changed, it, it would then the, the data person that is responsible for that, once it goes through the QA process, they would say, okay, now it is published. And once it's published, then the delta, or maybe the entire record, that detail hasn't been worked out yet, basically goes out of this product information management system into a queue saying, hey, I have a change okay. to be posted to the site, right? Or maybe multiple mm -hmm. sites if it's sold on multiple sites. So then it sits in that mm -hmm. queue and then the data pipeline workers come and pick that up and put mm -hmm. it into the staging area of these other target systems. So that, that's what I mean by mm -hmm. stream. This basically, you know, changes mm -hmm. occur over time and they just come out and stream into the, or get placed into the um, into their destinations. They, they get transformed slightly or optimized or whatever needs to be done to them. And so then they arrive there, right? Right. Yeah. What I didn't uh, get yet was how do you get the consistency working? For instance, the pricing. Right. So, so, so when, a, let's say, a price changes and it needs to go you know, to the product cache and to the search, for example, um, mm -hmm. and also into the ERP system. The ERP system isn't so, so time sensitive, but you basically load it into a staged data table or what, whatever it is, like in, in Dynamo, it's a table. So you mm -hmm. basically load it into the table and it sits there. It's not in production. It's not being right. displayed on the site yet. And then mm -hmm. at a certain point, you say, okay, no more messages, 
you pause the queue basically, and everything okay. that that is um, you let it settle down. Everything needs to go to its destination, but you stop the flow basically, so everything just gets queued up for the next round. And so then mm-hmm. all of your staging areas are now prepared and they're all at the same version right okay so you basically wait until all these uh data pipeline thingies went and went to the queue and picked up the the new change precisely right so so you know one of them goes via api to to the erp system one of them goes via api api to amazon's dynamo and another one goes to Mm -hmm. algolia via yet another api but then we have these three stage like these three things in the same version and they're staged and then once Right. Or while it's still all paused, then we hot swap it. And then once that's in production, we just continue streaming into the next staging version, basically. <clears throat> so do you have items um, that come through that, through that stream that are allowed to be eventually consistent? Or is everything always like one item comes through and pauses everything until no, no. everything you- is synced? No, what, well, what we the way you you define or you make sure you have the consistency is just you basically the the source, you know, you stop the source and then everything trickles right. down, like yeah. you know, one comes out but it goes into three places or four places right. even. So then you basically you know you, when you stop the source, it gets you know, then it splits into four and goes to the destinations. If you just turn off mm-hmm. the hose and you wait until you know it trickles into all of those three systems. And then you do your hot swapping, and then when you're ready to go, you just turn the hose back on, and it keeps mm-hmm. going into those mm-hmm. those four places. So that's how we would okay. ensure that all things are always at the same level, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by staging it, you make sure that, let's say, it takes 30 seconds to get to one place, but two minutes to get to another place. If you would stream that directly or build that directly into the production databases, you would then have you know a time difference of, I don't know, let's two say, minutes. two two minutes or whatever. Where yeah. where you could have a, a discrepancy, right? Is is it the end of the right. world? No, but I mean, it's it kind of sucks when uh, when you pretty bad. Yeah, if you have like a site with lots of customers exactly. or two sites, and then you have price difference. Exactly, yeah, so it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's not great. And so, but then and then it's uh, to get an update out everywhere is basically a matter of minutes. Yeah, probably. Um, so, so, so there's, from, there's I like, mean, from, from, go ahead. From, sorry, sorry. Just one question from, I mean, from the, from the time that somebody, some, some person, I mean, I don't know, some database changer person or whatever puts <laughs> data, in the new person, price yeah. Yeah. until it's on the website. How long does that take? I would guess we could probably do that under three minutes. If so, here's the thing. So. There have to be different scenarios, right? Where there's like mm-hmm. what we call incremental, which is just mm-hmm. the thing that I just explained. That's like the sunny day scenario, right? There's right. no rush. It's no hurry. If it gets there, you know, if, if we say like our our swap period is, uh, I don't know, 15 minutes. We do this every 15 minutes. You know, we, okay. we let stuff run, we stage it, we stop, we right. swap it, and then we keep going. And then 15 minutes, we do the same thing over. If that turns out to be what our cycle is, because... You know, the, the, the databases that are in production that the APIs are hitting, they have, we, we don't know yet exactly what kind of, I guess it's called a cooldown period, what they have until like no more requests go to the old version of it, right? Um, but I, I'm pretty sure they, they're going to be pretty quick because otherwise we're going to have, you know, inconsistencies there again. But so that's like sunny day, right? Is it, everything's okay. We're just continuously streaming and we're not in a hurry. So, but what, what if something happens and, 
somebody released something that is terribly wrong, right? And they need to fix it like now. Like this is really bad yeah. if you have some, you put something out there for $2 and it's supposed to be 2000 right? So, so there has to be some right. sort of like <laughs> ability to override and go, you know, somehow straight into into production to reverse that change or to override it or something like that and that that is well, you know probably not going to be like an initial thing but that you. probably needs to happen yeah mm-hmm. and then there's the other scenario right well oh my goodness something really bad happened or we goofed something up big time and the best way or maybe the only way to get consistency again is like to start over basically you reload the whole thing right and mm-hmm. that could take, I mean, the, the way we built it now to get like the biggest store completely reloaded is like an hour and a half. And um, right. so you want to be able to do that in parallel with the incremental stuff. And then when you're ready with a full, then just swap those. So there's like all these, these like edge cases. And now you have to do this. Now be able to do this on at the moment, I think it's eight stores, but it's going to increase quite drastically. So then build this thing so it can scale. And, um, yeah. So is there some like super, super fun challenges? I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Cool. <laughs> and that demo day, what, what does that mean? Like you, who, who were you presenting? So for? we presented to the executive vice president in our division. And this was sort of like the pre demo, if I may say. And the, the next, the demo to the like CEO and all of the upper, like upper, upper people, that's going to be like next week. So we presented to our our um, executive vice president of our division and a few other folks, and they were super impressed. So. Cool. Yeah. So that means that if they like that, that might roll out to even more yeah. uh, databases or backends and websites and stuff like that? Or? Yeah. The, the idea is that this becomes the platform for the entire corporation. And then if you mm-hmm. bring on a new company or something, then you can just roll their site out as quick as you have the data and there's no more. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we got to build a new site and get new servers and do this and that. No, it's just like, okay, give me the data and we're live. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's some skinning and stuff like that to do, of course, but it's it's now trivial. It's not like a, a like right. a production thing. It's like... You just have to, the machine is just rolling in the exactly, background. Exactly, exactly. You want a new... You want a new one? So, okay, no problem. <laughs> what does it mean to scale up for the whole corporation? Does how many? Well, so so the, our company consists of um, many manufacturing companies that have mm-hmm. um, that make the products that are the e-commerce division basically sells on the direct-to-consumer mm-hmm. um, sites. But they also have like their own websites that are direct-to-consumer, um, mm-hmm. and we're basically going to roll them all into this platform just so we have a unified way to deal with everything that we have. You know, we sort of concentrate the expertise for all of these things in, in like, um, fewer places. And, like, these these are manufacturing companies. They don't have any tech knowledge or skill or, or resources, right? So they just go and pay somebody to... They contract out a site, basically, and, you know, you get, like you know, your mileage varies basically. Um, so we're going to basically unify all that. <clears throat> Not necessarily it looks the same, but it's, so it's all on the same, same platform and, uh, is pretty much top notch. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but how many websites would that be in the end? The thousands uh, or no, hundreds or? I think probably, well, we have the eight now, probably pretty mm-hmm. quickly go to 20. And then, right. then who knows what's going to come. 
Right. How, you know, then, then, then you have the, now the, the merchandising people can actually work the way they want to because now you can slice and dice stuff. So if you want to make a, a specialty site for a specific category of product and, and, and brand that in a certain way, then now it's not a big deal anymore. Before it was like, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll come back in three or four months and we'll have a site for you, <laughs> you know. Now it could okay. be like literally, <clears throat> literally days or weeks. So, but how? But the, what is the what is what about the front end? Is that what is used there? Is oh, there, the is that, Do they also have a system to just spin up a, a front end and it just looks similar to all the other sites? Or and how does that work? Yeah. So the way the front end works is basically a um, it's a view um, at the moment at least. Oh, Vue.js. That's, that's, that's mm-hmm. the, the prototype is view. We don't know yet 100 if it'll stay that way, but most likely mm-hmm. it will. But yeah, so there's the idea is that we have this core, um, you know, like, I don't know, skeleton. It's it's pretty much a pretty dumb site anyway, because everything is driven by by the data. So right. you you basically, you know, like I said, create the, with some designers, you can create the, the skins and the templates for a, a new site. You can, you know, create your different types of layouts or whatever. And then okay. the... Um, The product pages and everything is built dynamically straight from the data. So mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the the answer is, yeah, you can very quickly spin up another site because everything runs off okay. of um, serverless, basically, you know, the Lambda endpoints right. to serve up all the data, right. Algolia for the right. search, et cetera. So yeah. It's pretty crazy. And there is some sort of a, there's like a basic, like kind of framework to build up a, a site skeleton, skeleton. And then within certain constraints, you can, you can add designs and skins. Exactly. Order. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. <clears throat> really cool. That's, uh, that's exactly how it should be done. It's <laughs> like using the computers for, <laughs> yeah, to automate shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, cool. I'm starting to, to look into Algolia now and it's just, it's so much fun to play with these super high performance search things. yeah the search is it's so uh-huh. it's so stupid fast it's sometimes you're like you know it's like no that couldn't have possibly been an api round trip there's just no way like you mm-hmm. click a facet or you change the pricing and it's like mm-hmm. and it refreshes like hundreds of products instantly it's like wow it's pretty Amazing. pretty crazy yeah so yeah well uh i guess i'll be talking about that a lot because i probably won't be doing much else so. yeah cool this is super interesting <laughs> yeah i like it yeah, it's, it's also right up my alley i don't know this this is the kind of stuff that i've always mm-hmm. built just you know in different variations but but basically making something work right and then uh making it work better and better and better and faster and like iterating mm-hmm. on it to make it really performant so Mm-hmm. yeah and, and now it's super with, fun yeah now it's with all the like the really you know it's funny because i started out in like you know big beefy main not mainframe but massive servers where we built on basically bare metal right and it was all like really cumbersome and we had to optimize for all kinds of weird stuff in the hardware and then slowly moving into web and now being like in in this space where you just Oh, I need, you know, a DynamoDB instance. Fine. What do you need? Just click, 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 and it's up and running. And you need higher mm-hmm. throughput? Not a problem. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's just crazy. It's just, it's really, really yeah. awesome. It's a lot of fun. That is awesome. Yeah. I've been, I've been dealing with a little bit of uh, AWS as well, because in order to get, for instance, my little microservice, and also the the, sta- the static site hosting for that uh, little um, account provisioning tool, um, 
hosted internally, I um, got some I got some um, permissions or whatever it's called, like 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 an account for AWS, and then <clears throat> could just uh, spin up an EC2 yep. thing, connect that to a route, and. Um, I mean, it's really the UX is, is horrific, and like you really have to know. <laughs> it's you have a to beast, kind of, isn't it? <laughs> it's just really horrific. Like it's really bad, but it's. But I mean, it does. It's just like Amazon is. Like it does all the right things, though. Yeah, and it does. And you can it doesn't get into everything. It's it's ugly, but it doesn't get into your way. Yeah, really. And yeah, yeah you can automate everything. And everything has an SDK. You can spin up all this stuff, configure it, do everything with an SDK yeah. via your. Yeah own app is it's nuts i mean it's really it's really cool yeah it's really cool yeah it's really fun yeah yeah and um yeah yeah so that's what's going on um i don't know i haven't been yeah i've been been pretty heads down in this and uh Mm -hmm. to think what else what else is going on yeah um hey i mean i like for me i've been off i've been off Twitter, I've been off Facebook, really off, off. Wow. Kind of. Like, yeah. By, like, cho- I mean, I, by choice, then, I guess. Is that why you're saying that? Because I've well, been off, I, too, but I, it's not my choice. I just I just don't have time. Yeah, for me, it, it has become a little bit of a time issue. But I also have I've lost a little bit of the fun with it and the m- m- and motivation uh-huh. to really go well f- facebook i always found found a little bit annoying um <laughs> and and it just like okay i had a little less time for it so i just didn't go on facebook anymore mm-hmm. and then but twitter <clears throat> twitter was huge for me right and i yeah. still whenever whenever i still go to twitter then it's always still like i found so i find some cool tidbits here and there and a link and, and you know my favorite people that i follow there all still have interesting things to post and to say and stuff and and, and all that but <clears throat> I, I i kind of uh, got burnt out on it a little bit um on the consuming kind mm-hmm. of of it like i kind of feel like i still want to do i want to um well, not necessarily Twitter, but I do want to. I do. I'm, I'm making moves and plans and stuff like that into getting into more writing again, even if it's just short posts and stuff like that. I just do uh, uh, blog posts, and um, that's that's what I'm kind of thinking about a lot. And I could do some of that that on Twitter, but for some reason, I find Twitter a little bit paralyzing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Like when you want to, like for creative expression, at least for me, and mm-hmm. um, or for telling stories, because it's kind of so you kind of so there's you're used to a certain tone there, a certain snarkiness sometimes, or then the overly politically correctness that is kind of in the JavaScript community going on, stuff like that. It's it's going, a, it's sometimes in the tone and in the in what's communicated is going overboard for me as well like there's there's certain extremes going on on twitter that that i just i find uh tiring and uh-huh. um and so i start so what i'm doing every now and then when i go back to twitter i do i i rigor like rigorous rigorously really unfollow if 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 I just if I don't if I dislike a retweet of that person or not dislike but if it if it adds to the 
too tiring me <laughs> emotionally or whatever i just goes i just unfollow and that makes my stream a, a little nicer and um so i'm not completely off of twitter but i haven't posted in a whole in a long time or just like did a retweet there and a little post there but like there's full days where i'm not on twitter once which uh, has not happened for <laughs> yeah. for years you know <laughs> this is huge yeah. for me and um <laughs> But I want to do. Feel? I want to be more. It feels good, actually. Like I'm. I I, I really got more into RSS again. I, mm -hmm. I started. I I I um, curated my a little list of RSS feeds um, that I'm following, and I really enjoy going back into there and just looking at posts by people who really take some time and sit down and write a paragraph or two or a little more, yeah. Yeah. and. It, it's it kind of it's much it's much calmer it's and I think and I feel I feel like many people not masses but there's lots of people that are kind of going back to it and feel like RSS has to come back and um, there's a little bit of a movement there and I like that and because it is really a good antidote against um, some of the, this hype craze crap that's going on on these <laughs> uh, social media networks yeah And I'm 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 also intrigued by um, micro dot blog. Um, I don't know if you, if you have heard about it. No. <clears throat> micro dot blog is is a little project by uh, Manton Reese. He is pretty well known in kind of the Mac developer community kind of thing. He is. Um, He has a podcast together with Daniel Jalkut, who is the um, developer for Mars Edit, which is a pretty well-known um, blog editor, like for for your Mac, and um, and they're, they're always having some interesting conversations about you know um, development and and the Mac kind of uh, um, ecosphere or whatever, and. Um, Yeah, so but he's 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 very much like Manton Reese is one of these guys. He's he was uh, very long ago when 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 Twitter a few years ago when Twitter was starting to um, limit the API for developers and stuff like that. He started really disliking these kind of politics, and he uh, he he quit Twitter. Then he really did it. He was like, he was, I'm I'm out of Twitter, and he just and he just did um he just did micro posts on his blog. You know, he still tweeted, but just put that on his blog. <laughs> And he's kind of he's a real he's a big proponent for the indie web movement, which is trying to to work in, um, you know, kind of these kind of functionalities like microblogging, or the functionalities that have been introduced into the web via Twitter, like like microblogging and mention mentioning other people and stuff like that into the open web, mm -hmm. which. So there are certain pro protocols that they're um, that they're trying to uh, implement, and so so that you can actually mention somebody with an at mention on your website, and then that will kind of ping this other person's website if he has also the right protocols running on his blog and stuff like that. I have no idea; I'm not so deep into it, so I don't know uh, exactly how it works. But there's all there's this the stuff going on. There's apparently a protocol that's called a microblog protocol, and Manton went ahead and he did a, a Kickstarter 
for his for this micro dot blog project which is which is a open web micro blogging platform where you can you can go on you can by now everybody can sign up and you can you can you can use it for free for i think a month or two weeks or something like that and from then on like you get the choice to either pay five euros a month or or you can just use it uh, in a very limited way where you can you can uh, respond to microblog posts from other people or and you can also feed in your RSS feed from your blog into into the system and so other people can follow you you still have an account people can follow you and they will just see your blog post from your original blog and and it is it is it, it, it takes a lot of ideas from Twitter it is it feels <clears throat> a little bit like I was just gonna a, say this is like a Maybe a slower version or so of uh, yeah of Twitter. It, it is it is Twitter. It's basically Twitter with very reduced features and with a promise that you really own your data. So you when you do when you do uh, when you when you give him five euros uh, uh, five dollars a month, then you get your hosted microblog there. And behind the scenes, that's just a Jekyll kind of static uh, site yeah. mm -hmm. right but it feeds into this stream look uh, stream like kind of backend that you can you can also log into micro.blog and you can see a stream of micro blogs a micro blog post of the people that you're following um, but it, it de-emphasizes the whole kind of follower thing for instance you can't really like it's not very it's very you can find out how many people follow you but it's very de-emphasized and you can't like you have to click around a little bit to get to mm -hmm. That. Mm -hmm. and and it's not about that you know and it's a and you can see it's a little it's a vibrant little community that is that is is very you know it's just calm it's much more calm than twitter <laughs> and it's uh yeah and he, he he already introduced like a community manager so he's he's very uh, he's very uh you know on top of like he wants to have an, an a nice place for people to just be able to express themselves and and have community and talk and do and express civilized, themselves via yeah. microblog a civilized way Mm -hmm. and, and and they can and he and he makes all these now he made an he ma he has a mac app he has an iphone app he's uh, uh two mac apps even that that talk to to micro blog and stuff like that and it's it's a super interesting little um ecosystem that he's starting to build there so so that also is it's a good counterculture to 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 this hyped up social media that is algorithm driven you know that's just yeah trying to that is the thing manipulate that, that you. bugs the crap out of me when i rarely do go to twitter is that the, the timeline is all weird it's like yeah, yeah. that's yeah. anyway yeah but that that's exactly right and it's an interesting thing that you said you know the data is yours and um, you know, because there's yeah, a lot instance, of stuff you know what, going on there now. I a, guess a cool feature, a cool feature in Micro.blog is that if you have a hosted blog there, you can just uh, you can set a feature that will just mirror your blog to GitHub to a GitHub uh, repository. Nice. You know, this is constantly back it up there. So it's like right. there is he has no interest in owning the data. Like this mm -hmm. is not. It's not about that. It's yeah. just about he wants a sustainable little business, right? So that he has to charge for it, right? And he and he also has a little a little uh, you know post service where you can say, hey, I want you pay two euros a month, and then you get to um, whatever you post on micro.blog, you can repost it to other social networks. But you but you can do it in a way where you can basically say, okay, this micro post I'm posting right now. 
is like an is like an ad mention of somebody on microdot blog which they don't have that same name on twitter so i don't want that to go out on twitter or mm -hmm. people to be um weirded out by like out of context kind of posts like that so you can on each post you can you can you know granularly decide if you want to post it to twitter or not Gotcha. Yeah. So when you say microblog, it, it indeed is like character limited, and it will fit on Twitter, or does it? Like, what, what's? What um, so does it's that mean? interesting. So it's interesting. So if in his definition, basically, a microblog. Um, so it's it's what you get if you pay the five euros is like a hosted <clears throat> blog there, and in in the interfaces that he's built, um, it, they focus on the body of 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 your post. So you start writing the body of the post. You don't start writing by writing a headline. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you go over 240 characters, I think, then it will, the, the UI of, 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 of these uh, apps will basically turn on the headline field and basically say, Hey, your post is kind of, is getting kind of longish. Maybe you want to give it a title, you mm -hmm. know? And then, and then when you give it a title, It turns into a blog post. So it's on the same website. It's like, for instance, when you go to manton.org, I think, or I think that's his, uh, that's his URL. You can see his blog. You see a lot of tiny posts, you know, just uh, like they're posted on his blog. And then in between, there's some bigger posts that are with a title and an image and all that stuff. So it doesn't make, like, it differentiates like via the character count. And I think also it classifies a post as a micro post if it doesn't have a title. You know mm. what I mean? So, yeah. so, if you, if, so when you log into micro.blog and you see the stream of posts from the people that you follow, um, you, will not see, um, you will not see a blog post there. You will only see a micro blog post that will link back to the bigger blog post but mm -hmm. all the but all the posts that are that the system basically recognizes as micro uh posts they will be shown in the stream right yeah so i'm looking at it right now yeah yeah huh so that's how it differentiates which is a clever it's a it's a cool clever way to do that it's really yeah. nice yeah neat so what you can also do, you can, what you can do for free too, is if you have a blog that has a micro, uh, a micro blog protocol or uses the micro blog protocol or whatever that's called from the indie web community, which there is a plugin for that, for instance, for WordPress, of course, because there's a plugin for everything for WordPress. <laughs> um, you can also just feed your Word, WordPress blog posts into into micro.blog and then you can use it for free like that. You know, you hmm. just have to. Yeah. Uh, and somebody made a microservice, like a function as a, uh, like a... Uh, a Lambda, Lambda thing. A Lambda thing yeah. that kind of, that you, that, that gives you the... Uh, The, the API, the microblog post API or whatever that you can talk to. And then it will go ahead and then take that and, and then post to your specified GitHub a repository. It will put that post in your Jekyll blog or whatever. I don't know. Something like that. So there's <laughs> people doing funny stuff. Yeah. So. yeah. Sounds pretty cool, though. Yeah. I'm looking at the <clears throat> why yeah. I created micro.blog. Interesting. 
So I'm not. You, I have an account, but I but I still have my own site because I I never it it doesn't. I have not really considered uh, creating my my own hosted site with with micro.blog because I am uh, I don't really like the the themes he has and I and I just you know just designed my own site a while ago and it, and I really like how it looks mm -hmm. and I and I want to keep that going yeah. and I'm really happy with how it is but I'm also thinking about hey how could I maybe create like is there like a, a little lambda service function thing I could make to 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 feed it into there because I like I like what he's doing <laughs> and it's a cool yeah. it'd be a cool extra thing you know to do like Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's this like to go that, neat that, that there's route. so many different choices now of, you know, the, the there's like no more excuses not to write, right? We've been talking about that a lot on this show over yeah. the, the time, but uh, yeah, there's a, yeah. there's a thing for everyone, it seems like. Yeah, you have to reduce the friction. That's the whole thing. Like exactly, and, yeah. and there's friction. There's friction in the tools you use, but also in your head. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of working on getting that, getting <laughs> that out. Yeah, and I'm excited about it. I like I like the thought of it. I really want to. I like to to to, to the thought of. Exp doing something creative on a mm -hmm. regular basis like that yeah i think probably being off twitter sort of helps if you reduce the you know turn the fire hose off i mean it just yeah. it creates a lot of like i don't know a storm in your head with all these different things and you oh i gotta read that one oh cool interesting link you know good jumping all over yeah. the place and it's like yeah, yeah i like the idea of yeah calm things down <laughs> Yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's the age. <laughs> I was gonna say, it's like I think, you know, you. It's like everybody. Although that's not really true. It's like everybody goes through their Facebook phase, or I did, and that wasn't very long. And yeah, Twitter yeah. is kind of seems to be done too. I do a little bit of Instagram now. I follow a few few people, but that's about it. And it's just like, yeah, looking at pretty pictures, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing much on the social social media stuff. It's just, it's, it's too much. It's freaking overload. I, I just, I find Facebook kind of like offensive. It's just too much crap. You know, offensive oh, in God, the sense that it's so just cool. like this, con this fire hose of stuff that I just don't need in my life. I mean, I just don't care. Yeah. You know, it's like. Yeah, I, I also started really unfollowing everybody in my stream. Basically, there's only yeah. like a few things left that are, po that are popping up. That every now and then, when I go into Facebook, I'm like, oh, hey, maybe I click yeah. that video. That's interesting, mm -hmm. you know, because because I really like I don't really care. Like, and also if you unfollow somebody in your Facebook news feed, then it has. It's not like you're un. You're not unfriending anybody right they have no idea if mm -hmm. you see their stuff or not you know yeah yeah and so i mean i think that that's uh, something that i don't know if you look at like observations right even even within our family now it's like in sometimes when we're just like okay we just arrived at my in-laws or something and my wife's sister is there and we're just all like chilling a little bit and we we talked to each other and we had like our conversations and everybody like retreats into their phone so you got like six people sitting in the living room everybody's staring at a damn phone you know mm -hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of sad i mean it really is you know so i don't know yeah but like i mean said, maybe age this is this is i think but this is just the real reality of our times that there's this phone now and it has a certain attractiveness and you want to you want to interact with it but i think that there is some 
some cool stuff coming out of that too where you where you have to you have to um you have to set up rules you have to make mm -hmm. you make hey tonight today we're just gonna be hanging out with each other and we are gonna all put our phones in this corner and yeah a no <laughs> phone room or no and, phone uh, phone time or something yeah. like that yeah yeah so stuff like that and yeah. you just have you just have to manage it somehow you mm -hmm. know and though there is there is there is downsides to this whole this technology world and and all that stuff but on the other side is extremely liberating and extremely and ex and ex um, creating massive opportunity for billions of people you know yeah. all around the globe so for i mean sure. you just have to you just have to it's all still in the beginning too like we're still oh, yeah, figuring yeah. all this crap out so you yeah. just have to you just have to go with the time and change change uh, social adapt. rules a little bit you have to adapt, you know? yeah, yeah exactly adapt yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah Don't get grumpy about it, you know? <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no point anyway. I mean... Exactly. Yeah, if you look at my kids, I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. They're going to teach me stuff mm. in two years, so... Uh, of course. Yeah. All right. I think we, we hit the one hour mark, so <clears throat> I need to sign sure off. did. And... Uh, All right, pick up some little ones and uh, yep. Anyway, um, yes. So if you like the show, uh, leave us a review. Uh, we only accept five star reviews as of now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everything else is pretty rejected. Yep. Immediately. Get it? Don't even come. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll give that back. Exactly. Right you can do that by going to our show notes, which are at reactive.audio. For each show, you can find that there, and there's a link to. Uh, how to leave a review otherwise if you're familiar with iTunes I'm sure you'll figure it out and um, yeah that's f it for me I can yep. be f still found at uh, hclattergods on Twitter um, I do check cool. every now and then so you know <laughs> That's yeah, it. very nice. Um, so we also have Reactive Pod on Twitter, and I'm Khalil tweets on Twitter, and we have Rockbot on Twitter as well. Um, our elusive uh, third co-host, um, which hopefully we'll have on the show again next week. And um, I think that's about it. Alrighty. Talk oh yeah, and th we have the Slack chat, which has been oh, very yes. quiet as well because we are all like busy with our new jobs right now. It's really yeah. uh, sad and embarrassing for the Slack chat. Honestly, also that we didn't post a lot of episodes recently is also a little sad. Mm -hmm. But hey, that's how it rolls. But we are definitely working on uh, doing this again more regularly. And um, yeah, we're back. Well, Absolutely. we'll be back. We're back. Yeah, exactly. We'll be back. Whatever. It's uh, we're not gone. Okay? Exactly. All right. Just to make that talk clear. to you next week. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> bye bye. Bye.